Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. There's something more powerful about going through hardship with the Lord than it is about always getting out of hardship. You know, I think of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It would have been cool if they would have never got thrown in the fiery furnace. But it's way cooler that they got thrown in, God showed up with them, and they didn't burn. That's a better story for me. I'm like, you know, no, we got thrown in the fire because we told that king that we not going to bow. And we didn't, we didn't succumb to the pressure to worship his image. And he threw us into the fire and the Lord showed up in the fire. It's been said, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Have you experienced hardship that makes you better for it? It's hard to see light at the end of the tunnel when you're in the midst of a struggle, but God sees the full picture. In the message today, Pastor Bill will discuss how God is refining you in those difficulties. He can use bad situations for his good. What a relief to know that God's plan is far better than anything we could come up with on our own. Will you cling to that truth today? Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 11 as he continues his message, Dealing with False Teachers. My ministry should be validated by the fruit that's come out of my life. What I've, not what I've said, but what I've been doing. So Paul says, look, I am, if they're, are, are they ministers or ministers a servant of Christ? I should explain that too, because the same error they had there, we have today. The idea in some church circles of the minister, the minister is like the king. And that's really not how it's supposed to be. Jesus said, if anyone would be great among you, he'll be what? He'll be the servant of all. I've been in church circles where the minister, the pastor, he's like the king. Everybody serves him. The brother can't even hold his own Bible. He got men walking behind him, holding his Bible, you know, handing it to him. Um, I've been in a church where they bring him his drink on a chalice and a goblet. What? Are you kidding me? I don't get that at home. You know what I'm saying? Like, on a chalice with a goblet? That's, it's, it's, it is, it's very ridiculous. They got chairs that resemble thrones. It's, it's some real foolery. And if you see it enough and it's common enough, it becomes like, okay. Then you have men aspiring to that position for the wrong reasons. I want to be, I want to be treated like that. Bring me my grapes and my chicken and a chalice. You know what I'm saying? Like, so the word minister, so that none of us mistake it, the word minister means servant. And anybody that's your minister, you ought to be able to look and say that man is a servant. That man's he, he may minister the word. That may be one of the ways that he serves, but that man ought to be a servant to the church and to the people of God. That's what a minister does. And so Paul says, look, are, are they ministers? He says, I'm, I'm more. And he's going to explain why he's more. Um, he says in labors more abundantly. Paul says, I work, I work more. I'm more. I do more. I've labored more abundantly than they have in stripes. Above measure. With a stripe, stripes is Paul's. I've been beat for this. I've had, they've had, they, they put stripes on me. I've been beat, I've been beat for my faith and my obedience to serve the body of Christ. Um, he says, the stripes above measure. In prisons more frequently. Paul's, I've been to prison more frequently for ministering the gospel. Now, how many, if you stop right there, how many of us would take stripes, whip, being whipped on the back publicly and openly, humiliated, and prison terms for something that we weren't really about? None of us. And, and Paul is saying, look, these false teachers, they ain't doing none of this. These guys are living in luxury. They're living in they're living in comfort. This is what I've been through. This is what validates the ministry. This is how you can identify the false 
from among the, the, the true, among the false. He says in prisons more frequently, he says in deaths often. Now, we know of one scenario, and we'll look, it, it comes up again later, where Paul was actually stoned in Lystra. And uh, we believe the Lord raised him back up. And he went back to Lystra to finish the message that they interrupted, you know. Um, but Paul said, look, there were times where I, whether he died or they were, he was at the, under the threat of death. Paul said, I, my life was on the line for this. And, I, and I'm still going. Right? And quit. I didn't say, that's enough. That's too much. My life's under threat. I'm going to stop now. Paul said, no, that's in, in death often. Verse 24, he says, from the Jews, five times I received 49 stripes minus one. So the Jewish custom for, and I'm going to explain this because it's, it's pretty brutal. Some men would die before they finished the first one. But the Jews, 40 was the number of judgment and they couldn't exceed 40. So just to be careful not to exceed the law, they would do 39 strikes. It was merciful. So it was a, it was a whip that had, you know, glass and bone and stuff in it, you know, four strands. It would be a guy, one guy would do the whole whipping um, they would stretch you out so that your skin was stretched out so you feel it. And from um, reading the manners and customs, they said they would do part of it over the on the front of the right, on the front of the left, and then on the, on the back over the shoulder. They would tear you up. And a man would be smart or scarred for life and marked up. And again, some men died under one of those beatings. Jesus endured that uh, before he carried the cross. Paul said they did this to me five times. So Paul's body is tore up for the gospel. These aren't, these, it's not like a whooping with a belt where you got a little welt, you know. No, this, this, they tearing, this is tearing flesh. They're tearing flesh open. Paul said, I endured that five times. Don't nobody, you don't endure that one time if you don't mean it. You know, Paul said, I, I wear, I wear on my skin. I take my shirt off and show you how real I am about the ministry. And so while these guys are living comfortably and taking your money and smacking you in the face and taking everything from you, Paul said, look, I've been prisoned, I've been whipped. I've been beat. I, I am my own proof that, that I've been called to do this and that I genuinely care about you guys. He says three times, verse 25, three times I was beaten with rods. That was another form of humiliating beating where they had these uh, these rods that were, they were, you know, they were pretty, you know, they were flexible. I mean, they would stretch you out as well and put them across your back. These would also tear flesh. And he says, so I, I, I had I was beaten with rods once. I remember we had a uh, we had some American kid went to uh, Singapore and did graffiti and they do that in Singapore and they strung his little behind out there and 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 whipped him out. I said they did that out here we wouldn't have to paint our walls all the time you know but they publicly put him out there and whipped him and it was like you won't do that again you know that that was I was affected I was like I I wouldn't do it I'm not even a I'm not even a spray painter you know so. Paul's, I was beaten with rods once. Once I was stoned, that could have been the one in Lystra that we spoke about. And uh, again, if I can explain the stoning, this is a, these are small things, you guys. When they would stone you, um, they would dig out a part of the ground. You would be in the ground. So everybody was up above you. They would start with small stones, just kind of pelting you. Pow, pow. Just, you know, so you could feel that they got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And then eventually the last thing, they would take a big one and smash you on the head. It's, it's a brutal way to die. Paul said, I was stoned once. And again, we have the record of the one in Lystra in the book of Acts where Paul was stoned to death. They believed he was dead and dragged him out of the city and the Lord raised him up. And this is what I love about the Apostle Paul. I mean, he gets up after I me. Mean, if, if God miraculously healed me after you shot me, you know, 
I mean, I went to go minister the gospel at your church and the people bah, 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 shot me up and the Lord healed me and raised me up. I mean, I would like to think I would give my I'm going back. Paul got up and went back. I, that, that, I'm so impressed by that. I can, when I get to heaven, I'm just giving a high five. You already know what it's about. You know, that is impressive to me. I love, I love that, that he just, no, I'm not done yet. I'm, I don't fear. I'm not afraid. Um, I'm not, I'm not hindered by what you did to me. I still want you to hear what I got to say is that important. I'm coming back. Again, you put these things up against a false teacher. You got false teachers. You got guys that'll leave because it got uncomfortable. You got guys that'll leave a ministry or leave a group of people because, you know, I got my feelings hurt, you know, whatever. Paul got stoned and he's like, I, I wasn't done with the message. Y'all need to hear it. And the, the fact that y'all stoned me, y'all really need to hear it. And he went back and he did it. That'll always be impressive to me. I, I, I'll always, my heart hopes that I could be that kind of man. I ain't never had it happen to me, so I don't know. But uh, I, I would like to hope that I could be that kind of brother one day. So um, he says, I was shipwrecked uh, three times. I'm sorry, I was shipwrecked a night and a day. I've been in the deep. So Paul says uh, three times he was shipwrecked out in the ocean for the gospel. One time he says, I was a night and a day. He's out in the deep. So we don't know, you know if he was hanging on to something, but... For one night and one day, he was stuck out in the deep for the gospel. Everything he's gone through is for the gospel. Verse 26, in journeys often, and you look at uh, most of your Bibles, if you go to the back of your Bible where the maps are, you can find the thing that says Paul's missionary journeys. They have to add to the maps everywhere Paul went on his missionary journey because he went so wide. This is before the days of vehicles. You know, a lot of this was foot travel you know, uncomfortable donkey, you know, travel, you know, in, in, in un, you know, charted areas, dangerous areas and everything else. But Paul was like, man, the gospel has to get out. That's my mission. And I'm getting out there with the gospel. Now, once again, why is Paul sharing all this? He's like, Paul said up front, I, I don't like the boats, but y'all need to, I want y'all to hear who I am, right? I'm not like these false teachers. You guys, Paul loved them. He loved these believers. And it broke his heart that when he was absent, False teachers could come in and they would they would so quickly go with them. And anybody here that's a parent, you know, you you try to prepare your kids because, you know, there's bad people out there, you know, and you tell them things. You want them to be careful about this and don't go with those. You know, you, you try to do everything you can do to prepare them because you love them. Right. You care about them. That's what Paul is as a pastor. He's saying, man, I love you guys. And it, it breaks me down. It crushes me to see you guys have somebody slapping you in the mouth. Have some some Jewish rabbi, you know, bringing you back into bondage, telling men that y'all got to go be circumcised now that, you know, but y'all, you know, in order you got to add something to be saved. He said, I, I, I hate that that's happening for you guys. And so Paul says, look at my life. Look at what I've gone through for you guys. Right. I'm not sharing this so you will think great of me. I'm sharing this so that you will understand you can look at the real compared to the fake because these guys won't endure any of this. These guys, if they come and says they're taken from you, you stop giving, they'll leave. Um, if, if you don't give to them, they will live. I've literally been in a church where the pastor got up and came to the front and he told the body, he said, I got an offer at a church out in Chicago. And he said, and this is what they said they would pay me. And so if y'all don't start doing me right, he said, That's, I'm going to go there. And he threatened the body. And I'm like, you know, and I was I was less I wasn't as I didn't know as much of the word back then, but I it, it tasted bad then. Now I look back and think. Either you're called to minister to this group or not. I thank God for my pastor. The way he raised us up was if you wouldn't if you wouldn't minister at your own expense, they would never pay you to do it. If you wouldn't minister. And, and there was a period where I was 
technically on staff, but not on staff. They said, hey, would you like to commit to teaching this every Sunday? I would love to. I feel called to that. I've been praying for that opportunity. Okay, you're on. Starting this week, every Sunday. Every Sunday, you need to, you still work full time. You still do whatever, but you prepare, you come, you give the study. I did that for, I think, a year, a year and a half. And then they invited me on staff. And the mentality there is I would never pay a man to do for the Lord. I would never pay you God's money to do something you wouldn't do out of your heart. If you're called, you would do it. If you're called to ministry, you'll pay to do it yourself, you know. And it's one of the evidences that, you know, a guy that's called doesn't care what it costs. I'm called to do this. I can't do anything else. This is what God called me to do, you know. And Paul said, look, that's how I've gotten by. You know, when I was with you guys and y'all were weak and I didn't want to take money from you guys, the other church took care of me. But I, I did what I had to do. Paul, at, some, at one point, Paul had to make tents. So I made tents to take care of my own expenses um, so that I can continue to do the ministry. I made sure I could do what, God, what, I, what I was called to do. And so these distinguish the false from the real. And I, I do want to give us this, you know, I see one of the most prevalent false teachers. There are many. You got your cult groups, your Church of Christ cults. The, the one commonality among all cults is they diminish Jesus to something less than God. Um, and so the Jehovah's Witnesses make them less than God. The Mormons make them less than God. The Church of Christ cult, they take them, they let them be God, but they, he's their God. You know, you got to go through their organization. Uh, any church that feels like it's the only church is probably not a good place to be. Uh, we're Calvary Chapel Inglewood. I promise to God. We're not the only good church. We're not the only thing going, you know, the, the body of Christ. And it would be sad if we were right. The body of Christ is so much bigger than us. Uh, there are people all around the world that are that they're, they're brothers, they're sisters. We're going to be in heaven together. Uh, any group that says you, you had to come through our channel, you know, for, and then we'll recognize uh, your salvation. Your apostolic churches in our community. It's like it's a cult. It's another gospel. Whenever you add something to the gospel, whenever you say you got to believe on Jesus and it's, it's not the gospel anymore. The, the apostolic says you got to believe in Jesus. You got to be baptized in the name of Jesus. So if they baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. It didn't take. Baptized specifically in the name of Jesus. And you got to come up with the evidence of speaking in tongues before we acknowledge your salvation. No. All oh, that's bogus. You need to believe on Jesus. That he died for your sins. That he rose from the grave. And God says you will be saved. I'm there. I, I, I got baptized because I was saved. Not so that I would be saved. And so with regard to those things, you know, the different cults and then again, the, the predominant, you know, word of faith teaching and just some of the foolery that I see in churches within our community. I know that a lot of times what happens is, is, is because people haven't been taught the word. The men that are up here can say whatever they want because nobody out there knows the word. They didn't teach it to you. They don't encourage you to read it on your own. And they don't take questions. You know, you take you take a question to some of these guys. Don't you question the man of God, you know, or whatever. And it's like, you, you, I can't ask a question. They ask Jesus questions, you know, like, I mean, do you guys read your Bible? They ask Jesus questions and he took them and answered them humbly. I can't ask you a question, Bishop. You know, that's bogus, man. That's not that's you're a teacher. You're supposed to help me out. Um, you can ask anything you want. If you hear something that sounds wrong, you guys come on up and say, hey, I, I got a question. You know, and we'll take your questions and answer them. That's what we're here for. Um, you know, Pastor Clint is our resident Bible answer man. So if you if you got some, you know, he is. He really is. I, I, I'm impressed by the brother. So, you know, I mean, but that's we're here to answer questions and, and try to make it clear for people, you know. But that's what happens in some of these circles. And so 
It empowers once you read through the Bible yourself. I, I spent time by myself with the Holy Spirit reading this book before you taught it. And the Holy Spirit showed me this and God was showing me that and God was revealing this. And now when I listen to you, it should just be confirming and I may learn some extra things, but it, it won't be foreign. Um, you read it in context for yourself. You know, you'll know that what, what is in context, what's out of context. It empowers you as a believer to be familiar with your books. And a lot of times if I have no familiarity with the Bible and all I'm taking that man's word for everything. And if that man's not right, then guess what's going to my walk's not going to be right. My understanding is not going to be right. And my belief and practice might also not be right. And some of us say, again, we may have come out of that. I came out of it. Thank God. You know, he he, he put some other influences in my life to to show me, you know, just a, a better path. And that's why that's why we do this the way we do it. We're going through the Bible chapter by chapter and verse by verse. I don't decide from Sunday to Sunday what I want to tell you guys. We're going through books and God's decided what we need to know. And it's my job to study it, prepare it, and share it with you guys so that we, we get it, we get things in context. I find this when you go through the whole Bible, you get doctrines in the amounts that God wanted you to get them in. You know, if I come up and talk about what I want to talk about over 12 months of the year, maybe there's something on my heart. Maybe there's something bugging me. You know, maybe I see something on the news, some current events is really kind of getting under my skin. I'm like, hey, y'all didn't hear about that. And you guys will be, you guys will kind of be shaped by my mind view, my worldview. But if we come to the Bible and say, well, we're going through the Bible and this is where we're at today. And there, as we've gone through the Bible, I've come across things that I'm like, I would have never chose to teach on that. You know, for you guys that were with us through Leviticus and some of them books, there were some things that I'm like, I'm pretty sure I would have never sat up in my room and said, God, I need to talk to your people about this. But because it's here, we're going to talk about it, you know, and and be benefited from it. So we want to read through the Bible on our own. We want to study through the Bible in in that way as well. So moving on. Paul, again, he's laying out the things that he went through. Verse 26, he said, in journeys often. And now he's going to use the word perils over, you know, several times. So the word perils, perils means dangers. So he says, I was in perils of water. So he was in dangers out in the water. In perils of robbers. Uh, a lot of the places that Paul would go and travel to, they were dangerous. Kind of like the, the story of the Good Samaritan as he went from the road from Jerusalem to Jericho and he fell among thieves. That would have been like their hood. You know, that would have been an area where thieves knew you were either going to buy or coming back with stuff you bought. And it would be where the thieves would hang out to get you. And so Paul says, sometimes the the roads I had to travel uh, in order to minister, I I came, I was in perils with robbers, in perils of my own countrymen. I was stabbed in the back by my own people um, race wise, in perils of the Gentiles. The Gentiles also did it to me in perils and dangers in the city. In perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, and in perils among false brethren. Paul says, I was also at times had fake believers around, false brethren, people that would come up close just to spy out what he was doing to go back and tell those that were against him. Uh, he says, I was in dangers among false brethren. Verse 27, in weariness and toil. Um, and so the, the, the ministry and the work that Paul was devoted to was a difficult thing at times. There was times of weariness and toil and sleeplessness. Often there were times where he said, I, I didn't get my sleep. And that one I wondered about. I said, I wonder, you know, was he up thinking about stuff that he couldn't sleep? Or was he moving through the night that he couldn't sleep? He, whatever the case is, in sleeplessness, he said, often. Anybody here ever go without your sleep? You know, um, I... I, that's that's not my gift, you know. This last week was a busy week for my family, and uh, 
it, it takes extra. I'm like, Lord, I need extra Holy Ghost. You know, I'm like, I don't, I don't feel saved right now. There are times where I, if I don't get my sleep, I don't feel right. You know, and I'll tell my wife, hey, I'm going to just be quiet today. <laughs> just, that's, 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 how I, that's how I don't mess up. I'm like, you know what? I, I can feel it. I'm like, I, I, I can feel it in, in my mind. I'm like, stuff that happens every day, normal noises in my house. Don't never bother me. Today, that's annoying me. Oh, that's getting on my nerves. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to be quiet until I get myself together so I don't mess nobody up, you know? Paul's at sleeplessness often for the sake of the ministry. Verse, he, says, he says, in hunger and thirst and fastings often and in cold and nakedness. And I, I would just say this to the, 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 the those that are the false, I mean, sorry, the, the faith movement people, right? Paul's, I was, at times I was hungry, I was in thirst. That, those fastings may not have been, you can choose to not eat. But you can also be on a forced fast, right? It wasn't nothing to eat anyway, so I just went ahead and, you know, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and pray and call this a fast, you know? You know, so now for those that would, you know, the faith teachers say, you know, you just can claim it. You just can just call those things that be not as though they were. God does that. You can't do that. Why Paul didn't just believe God for some food? Why Paul didn't just call, you know, call some water down or whatever? If, if that's how it works. Why would he endure all this hardship? Why wouldn't he just, you know, confess himself out of the prison and confess himself out of the bad situation? Because these guys aren't going to say that Paul wasn't a man of God. So we, you know, the simple reading of my Bible says well, this man of God went through hardship, must have been part of God's will. He couldn't confess himself. He didn't he didn't believe his way out of it. God said, I'm Paul. I'm with you in the midst of all that you're going through. And there's something more powerful about going through hardship with the Lord than it is about always getting out of hardship. You know, I think of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It would have been cool if they would have never got thrown in the fiery furnace, but it's way cooler that they got thrown in, God showed up with them, and they didn't burn. That's a better story for me. I'm like, you know, no, we got thrown in the fire because we told that king that we're not going to bow, and we didn't, we didn't succumb to the pressure to worship his image, and he threw us into the fire, and the Lord showed up in the fire, burned off our bonds, but we didn't burn. Our hair didn't singe. I mean, we was down there doing all right, walking around with the Lord. And then they called us on out. The people that walked them down burned up, but they didn't burn up. We don't have that story if they get out of it. You know, Daniel and the lion's den, right? Uh, it would have been cool if he didn't get thrown in. They said, Daniel, we catch you praying. Catch you praying. You're going to get thrown in the lion's den. Daniel said, windows open. This is how I do it every day, fam. And he prayed in front of everybody. And they took him and they threw him in and they didn't eat him. He slept all night, got up. King didn't want him to die. He brought him out. And then the king said, threw the guys that, 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 you know, that, that got him in trouble in there. And they ate them before they touched the ground. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's better to go through the stuff with the Lord and just let the Lord show his strength because his strength is made perfect in our weakness. And when we're broken down and we're weak and we're like, God, I have nothing else. God's like, that's the dude right where I want you. This is where I'm going to show up in your life. This is where I'm going to do magnificent things. It won't be of you. It'll be so clear that it was me. It'll be clear to you. It'll be clear to those around you that I showed up, that I'm faithful. And so sometimes we're always like, God, get me out of this. And God's like, no, go through it with me. Just walk with me. I'm going to walk with you through it. I'm going I'm I'm to strengthen you in the midst of what you're going through um, as, as, you, as you go through it. And so God lets Paul go through all these things. And I just want to point that out, right? That word of faith thing is bogus. Paul was absolutely a man of faith and he didn't confess his way out. He went through it by God's divine design. God said, I, I, Paul, I called you this. Now, here's an interesting thing about Paul. Pastor Clint taught this several weeks back, but 
when Paul got saved, like you and like me, God already had a plan for Paul's life. Um, God has a plan for my life. God has a plan for your life. You know, when we get saved, God's like, I already, I already know what I want you to do. Thanks for joining us here on The Transforming Word. Pastor Bill Buffington has been teaching through the book of 2 Corinthians. This letter was written by Paul to the Corinthians sometime after he had lived in Corinth. He had an intimate knowledge of the church there. So Paul felt led to write another letter to these people, expressing some personal things that he learned on his journey and in his ministry. It would seem that some in the Corinthian church criticized Paul's leadership, and so he found it necessary to defend himself to this church. Communicating this type of message is something that's beneficial at times when you feel misunderstood or misrepresented. Any one of us can face those situations at times too, and so discussing it with the other party is useful. We're so glad you tuned into A Transforming Word, and we'd love to meet you. If you're in the Inglewood area, come join us this weekend for church. We meet at Calvary Inglewood every Sunday and Wednesday, and you can get more information on our website, calvaryinglewood.org. You can always call or text us, too, for more information, 310-245-4811. Again, that's 310-245-4811. If you're looking for more resources or ways to connect with us, we're on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just look for the links on our website, calvaryinglewood.org. That's all we have time for today. Join us next time for another edition of A Transforming Word.